What's up guys? What's going on? Welcome to New Perceptions Podcast with me, your host, Ben Brown. Um, This is episode nine of the podcast and this is one of the podcasts that I kind of like to call Journey Notes where I'm really just kind of sharing what I've been learning lately or what I've been up to, um, what I've been making, who I've been meeting, just kind of a way of filling you guys in and keeping you up to date for those who are interested in what's going on in my life. Um, so, journey notes. And li- literally, journey notes for me, sometimes I'm pulling segments of the no- out of my notebooks. Um, I've, I've become very fond of writing things down that I'm learning in order to better remember them firstly also and just kind of process stuff it's good to get stuff out i'll talk about that in a minute with journaling um but yeah what i've been learning recently regarding my own personal journey my own inner work my healing journey awakening paradigm shift or whatever you want to call it basically um but today's podcast i'm going to be talking a little bit more in depth about something I've been thinking about a lot at the moment, which is shame, shaming people and feeling shame and what kind of, what that has, what kind of impact that has, um, or has had on my life and continues to have on my life to some degree. Um, and I think a lot of people, I mean, shame, I mean, we'll talk about it more in a minute, but yeah, shame is something that everybody has to deal with at some stage and it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but yeah, we'll chat about that in a minute. Um, but first of all, thank you everybody who's leaving reviews on the podcasts. Um, really, really appreciate it. And everybody who's giving me feedback on the podcasts. And I know a couple of the early podcasts are maybe a little bit quiet. Um, I've just got, to be honest, a cheap microphone that's plugged into my phone or my iPad. Um and I just hope that it, I can't really listen to it at the same time. I don't really have that kind of recording set up yet. Although with jumps, we were using, um, on the previous podcast, we were using Ella's podcast setup, which is far more professional. Um, and it shows like the, the audio is really good on it. I know. So I'm going to be investing in a bit more gear or using Ella's more often and just generally aiming to increase the quality of this, um, of the podcast as much as I can. But thank you for your feedback. It is noted. Um, Someone else... uh, So if you guys want to send me any feedback on the podcast or individual, not just the podcast, but the the actual episodes where I either have guests in or I'm doing a journey notes where I'm talking about a specific topic um, and you want to get involved in a conversation, although on Instagram I can't... can't, um, accept and allow all of my DMs. I do read them, um, but also a really good way to uh, to give me feedback or let me know what's happening on Instagram is through tagging me in a story. Um, let me know what's cutting, and I'll see those. And sometimes I might even repost them. Usually the ones with good feedback, because that's the de- the general direction that I'm hoping for. And I'm trying to engineer it as much as possible in that direction. But I do, I mean, obviously that's a joke. Um, I like all feedback and 
you are entitled to your opinion about everything that I'm saying and doing. Um, and it will be received with love. And I will say thank you very much for it. But yeah, send me an Instagram story. Tag me in that shit. Um, also, recently, I just want to let you guys know that I put another film out. I say another film. I put finally put a film out, more like. Um, it's a film that I shot in Scotland. It's out on my YouTube channel right now. It's called Deeper Than Film. And it's... Uh, really, it was just... Um, an excuse <laughs> to go and shoot in Scotland and get away for a week, but um, no, not really. I mean, it was. I mean, I tried to make it obviously a little bit deeper than that and have some kind of message behind it that, about imagination um, and how music triggers my imagination into um, wanting to create visuals that accompany the emotions that the music helps deliver me. You know. Um, so yeah. It's got a little bit of a voiceover, and that was made possible by an amazing company called Musicbed, and they are not sponsoring this podcast, but I'm going to tell you about them anyway a little bit because they're epic. Um, filmmakers like myself have struggled for a while to like find good music to use, and it's always a bit of a battle, so if you're a filmmaker and you want good new music, Musicbed have actually made it really easy now um, to access all sorts of different genres of music really high quality and it used to be that you have to pay a one-off license fee and sometimes you still do depending on if you're going to stick this stuff on the television with millions of people watching it obviously you're going to have to pay a bit of a license for it but if you're a youtuber like me and you just want to stick your movies on youtube and still have millions of people look at them sometimes oi then you're going to want to let pay like not thousands and thousands of pounds for a piece of music so music bed you can do a subscription service and if you um if you sign up you get free three months for free um so follow the link below and um and go and check it out because i use their music for lots of stuff and i think they're amazing and i wouldn't be working with them if i didn't think they were the best in the business and music is incredibly important to me um for a multitude of reasons but also because I'm a filmmaker and it's uh, the old silent films are a bit out of fashion these days um, what else has been going on it's been a while since I did a podcast last and the, and the last one I did was with um, my friend Jumps who is a new friend of mine um, and thank you for all the feedback, the thousands and thousands of people that have uh, been listening, a, a bunch of you have been saying that you really enjoyed it. It's a bit of a a journey that me and Jumps go on on this podcast. I think we we're both a little bit nervous to do it, um, but we talk about his professional photography stuff. We talk about um, just like life, really, a lot of stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff. We get pretty deep, and a lot of you guys are really enjoying it. So thank you so much. Um, and if you haven't heard me and Jumps, who's from Australia, who's a photographer, who owns a very successful print company called Salty Wings, he's got a lot of his life sussed and dialed, guys. Like, he's got a lot of insight and wisdom. <clears throat> he's very awakened as well. But um, Jumps and I are besties now, pretty much. I think we're brothers from previous lives. Uh, but Jumps also is coming to Africa Burn with me in a couple of weeks. 
Ooh, it's gonna be sick. Anyway, less of that. Um, go and watch, go and listen rather to the Ben and Jumps episode eight, if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think about these um, in Instagram stories, like I said before. Write a review on iTunes or whatever your podcasting um, platform app vibe is. I really, really appreciate that. And um, yeah, flip. Oh, I've been getting a lot of messages recently from people asking me about meditation. Um, because I've been sharing more and more recently that I meditate. On, I've been doing like little time lapses of me meditating um, on my Instagram story. <clears throat> and most of the time, I'm not going to lie, I do the time lapse for like a minute or two after I've done a proper meditation because I can't really concentrate if I know I'm being filmed. Um, and loads of people are saying, and I'm obviously in the thing, I'm like, it's changing my life. This meditation just now changed my life. <laughs> Having a lot of um, I'm getting a lot from meditating at the moment and people are like, how do you get into meditating? What is this meditating thing that you're doing? I think it's pretty obvious, but getting into it is, it's like, where do I start? So for me, I don't use an app anymore. I used to use Headspace and maybe I'll get back into using Headspace at some point. Um, but I've kind of like, I just, I, I, meditating for me is just like, it's not about clearing your head completely. Um, and it's about just observing what's going on up there and just being like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. This is a, this is this, this is that. And just being the observer of your thoughts for 10, 15 minutes is like, does wonders for your physiology, like your whole body. You can calm yourself right down from feeling anxious by meditating. And it's a really good thing to do. I don't do it every single morning. I should. I try and do it most mornings before you reach for for the phone um, and try and bring your body into a into a state of calmness before you start reacting to things on your phone like emails or scrolling endlessly. Um, so yeah, it kind of kind of like puts you in the right frame of mind. Um, but I'm also super new to meditation, so I don't want to sit here pretending I know everything about everything. I'm just um, making it up as I go along, really, and f sort of finding bits of information and skeptically checking out people's opinions and different techniques for meditation and things like that. But I had a really, really great meditate, meditate, I had a really, really great meditation the other day when um, I had a coffee for the first time in a while and I haven't been drinking a lot of coffee recently. But it made me like physiologically feel like anxious, like my heart rate was up. I was kind of shallow breathing. And although I was happy and I was like busying myself, I wasn't really getting anything done. I was sort of scatterbrained all over the place. And I thought, like, I don't actually like feeling like I've got heaps of energy, but I can't do anything with it. Um, so I was like, OK, perfect time to practice my meditation. Um, sat down and I actually put headphones on and I was listening to this sort of shamanic like om kind of music playlist that I've made um called meditation station on my spotify and 
I started meditating and, and I, it was a mess. My, like my heart rate was still up and the idea is you breathe. So I guess my advice for people who are getting into meditation and apologies for those who are like yogis and experts. Um, we'll move on from this in a minute. I just wanted to give a little tip to people who are starting to th or considering trying meditation. Just it's all about coming back to your breath. So it's about like just being aware of your breathing so even right now I'm kind of breathing quite shallow because I'm like hunched over um, a microphone but just like breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth just really calmly you just do that like a few times and you can already feel your body relax and when your body starts to relax um, a little bit more and you're, you're, you kind of harmonize your physiology, I guess, then you can start to like see better what's going on in, on in your mind um, and then start to say, okay, well, this is what I'm thinking about that's stressing me out because sometimes you get stressed out. I don't even know why. Um, and it wasn't actually anything in particular that was stressing me out this time. It was just that I'd had some coffee, but I still, after 15 minutes managed to bring my body into a state of harmony as if I never had the coffee in 15 minutes and I was like that's the best meditation I've ever had except for this one <clears throat> at Africa Burn last year um, but I'll tell you that story another time I basically had a vision of me and Ella but yeah I'll, I'll, ch I'll tell you that story some other time maybe <laughs> so yeah meditation um, but if you if you want a bit more guidance with that kind of stuff, maybe get the Headspace app. It's really good. Um, yeah, what's next? Flip journaling. I've also it's not just meditating that I time lapse on my Instagram stories. Exciting stuff. I also time lapse my journaling. It's wild. <laughs> and the reason I've been doing that and sharing these things is because it's been helping me a lot. I've um, I used to journal a fair amount, maybe like two or three times a week on my computer. And I liked it because I could type really fast and it was good for my typing and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't really know why I was doing it. So, But now I've started again and I've started writing. And after two or three or four or five days of writing, I find that I can actually write again instead of just bashing my two little sausage thumbs on a screen typing out. We've gone from like five, ten-digit typing on a keyboard down to two-digit typing with thumbs again. What's going on? Anyway, so I'm writing, and all I do when I'm journaling is literally just write what's on my mind. It doesn't matter. It's not like anybody's going to read it. It's just about processing what's going on in your brain, and when you put stuff down on paper, it makes... I mean, you can't write anywhere near the, the rate that your mind is working and that your thoughts are processing, right? It's impossible. So... In order for you to process it and write it down, your mind has to go, okay, well, what are we thinking about here? And what do we want to write down? And already it's bringing a bit more order to the situation in your mind. Because I find, like, I can get scattered in my mind and be thinking about a hundred different things. Um, and that's kind of what the mind does. Um, it's, yeah. But anyway, journaling. Let me just take a sip of my tea oh that's delicious 
Today's podcast tea is sponsored by Insert Brand here. Could do with some money. So, actually, I'm drinking Yogi tea. But yeah, if you're a tea brand and your tea's fucking great, let's talk. <laughs> um, and it says on the back of the tea thingy, love is subject to compassion. Interesting. Delicious tea. Immune system support tea today. I'm feeling like my immune system is battling a cold and has been for about a week now. But I haven't succumbed to the cold, which makes me feel really good that my immune system is pretty strong at the moment. Oh, but that tea is delicious. Um, what else? Books. I've also been reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, now, this book's been around for like 10 years. And I don't know why it hasn't been... I mean, I do know why it hasn't been read by me. Because it just hasn't... I haven't crossed paths with it. Why would I have crossed paths with this book? I was on... Like, I would have had no interest whatsoever in a book that says create a better life. Over a year ago, I was like, what do you mean create a better life? I'll cre- I'll, I'm creating it already. I'm all over that better life, mate. Can't you see my better life? Look, I've got a Land Rover. I've got this. I'm doing that. I've got this many subscribers. Talking about a better life. How could it get better? <laughs> Little did I know. Um, there's a lot more to life than just subscribers and Land Rovers. Oprah Winfrey says, Essential spirit t- spiritual teaching, one of the most valuable books, valuable books I've ever read. Um, I'm like two thirds through it. It's changed my life completely oh it says on the back here chris evans says another (laughs) an otherworldly genius chris evans is on bbc radio too so he must know what he's talking about um yeah I'm, i'm reading that guy flip it's pretty great you know um just a lot of wisdom like um it's very Piscean to feel unjust and be like, I wish someone had just given me this book when I was a teenager. But no, everything is happening in the exact order that it's supposed to, in the exact divine timing that it's supposed to be. So it turns out I got it when I was 33. But it's a game changer. So it's about it's about spirituality a little bit. I mean, it, a lot, but really it's about like, how do I summarize this? Um, how to how to not let your ego and your mind um, control you. It sounds really weird. I know that your your mind would control you. Of course, your mind controls you in a sense because you are your mind, right? Apparently not. According to Eckhart Tolle in A New Earth, you are not your mind. You are not your thoughts. And, um, yeah, you are not your conditioning. The mind is a tool that um, is used for survival for humans. And the our survival instincts mean that it's pretty easy to manipulate and sort of hardwire some behaviors and conditioning into our mind before we're even aware of it. And... Um, I mean, before we're even aware of what a brain is, when we're a child, things that happen to us get embedded in us and sort of um, hardwired, like I say, into your psyche. 
and it's through no fault of your own and what it's saying in this book also through no fault of your environment everything is exactly how it's supposed to be and basically like by dissociating yourself from your mind and your thoughts that must mean that you are what are you then who am i and the point is he's saying you just are like you you are not your body you are not your mind you're not your thoughts you are not all the things that have happened to you even you are a soul and your body and the human existence is how you're experiencing this particular reality and you don't have to worry about other people also who are angry or on a lower frequency or vibration who are um, struggling who um, bring um, bad energy or uh, because they're just like you who and they're also not their mind or their thoughts or their conditioning so for me i used to and i usually use the example of like road rage um and i've spoken about this a little bit on twitter about how i've um actually from his other book the power of now i learned that there's the thing that's happening there's the your reaction to the thing that's happening but then above that there's you you're neither of those things so you can observe and be the witness to your own thoughts and see that that's just your mind and not actually you and then you can say oh shit okay flip i'm only thinking my mind's thinking that because this happened to me when i was younger and i always default to fear when that happens and fear is not a nice feeling it's an emotion that causes me to live in the past or the future and not in the present which then causes me to make terrible decisions well, not terrible decision necessarily but like decisions that aren't logical often um because you're making decisions from your emotional body and your emotions are being driven by your mind and which is set in the future or the past which don't even exist so really it's just kind of helping you come back to the present moment where your power where your power lies um because yeah and then and then i was like shit well if i can be the witnessing like the witness and the observer of my thoughts what happens when I'm feeling anxious? And then I sit, and then I sit there and go, okay, okay. What's making me feel anxious? Like the, okay, that's not you, that's not you either. And then you bring a big fat layer of love and forgiveness to you, the situation, whoever or whatever's caused the situation. You just bring love to it and say, look, it's okay. Then that whole lower vibration actually comes up a frequency, and you and disappears. Um, but yeah, you've got to read it. I do a terrible job probably of explaining. <laughs> um, yeah, it says on the back, shattering modern ego, modern ideas of ego and enlightenment, self and society. Toll lifts the veil of fear that has hung over us during this new millennium and reveals a path to happiness and health that every reader can follow. And the idea is when you read it from start to finish and properly read it and ingest it, um, you will, it will raise your frequency, I guess, so long as you understand it, if like a three-year-old tried to read this whole thing, I don't think it would go, but, um, no, it's a great book, so I highly recommend A New Earth, um, what else, I've been doing my yoga in the mornings, a little bit, I've been pretty terrible recently, because I've just been traveling, and working, and, um, 
Also, my 5 a.m. routine starts have been a little bit out the window. Some days I get up even before 5 a.m. Um, I'm not sleeping in, that's for sure, but it's not quite like being at home in Cape Town where I can get up early. And like when you're on the road, I think it's much more difficult. Well, it takes rather, it takes more practice and you have to be more organized to have a routine. And I'm not practiced at it and I'm not organized yet at bringing my routine onto the road. Shortly, though, I'm sure. Um, so let's get on to the main subject, I suppose, of, um, hang on a minute, let me just check that this is still recording. Yeah, it is. 24 and a half minutes in, and we're still good. Um, yeah, the main subject that I kind of wanted to talk about and that I've been doing, like, quite a lot of thinking about and research and actually work on myself personally, um, with my therapist, um, in Cape Town, this subject is shame and shamefulness. Um, and I was like, Flip, what, what is this shame you talk about? Um, well, shame is like when you feel shame, it's a feeling, obviously. When you feel shame, it's a very low vibration. It's like a low frequency. And um, I feel shame uh, often. And I feel shame for all sorts of different reasons. But um, I'll get into that in a minute. But the idea of talking about this is that it it's helped me identify what's making me feel bad and what's putting me on a lower vibration which is not where I want to be um oh, oh that's delicious insert tea brand here um so ooh, okay yeah so recently I've been I've had a couple of panic attacks recently which um which were also caused by shame, and it's a shame that I that I have around mistakes that I make um, financially with money. Um, I find that like a very shameful thing, and I feel it makes me feel terrible and like I'm stupid, and um, that I've I should have known better, you know, like all of these shameful kind of. Um, things thoughts that pop into my mind and again something that meditation helps like when these thoughts pop into your mind which is totally normal not your fault forgive yourself and be kind you like approach them with love you can if you're aware of them that's the start that's the beginning having like the unawareness of it and the unconscious thoughts when you when you're not when you identify with them you're actually being controlled by your mind autonomously um, and then you'll go about your day making decisions that you think are you but it's not you it's your conditioning or my conditioning flip it took me bloody long enough to figure this one out I'm 33 I think a lot of you are younger than me as well um, again the Piscean like unjust like oh someone should have bloody told me about this years ago <laughs> it would have made my life a lot easier you know <laughs> But everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. And yeah, the thing about um, all these like all these thoughts is, yeah, you can observe them. But then unless you give yourself love, they're just going to sneak in back th through the back door. Like shame is a good one for that. I feel shame 
for feeling shame. Stupid. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about shame. Um Yeah, so it was my thirty third birthday the other day and we went to Bazique Festival and it was uh it was wild guys. I've I love the festival scene down in Cape Town. I'm very much looking to forward to Africa burn in a couple of weeks. Um and yeah, like I was saying, I had a couple of panic attacks, um, which actually I, I figured out um I even knew at the time were like financial related. <clears throat> But what happens is a kind of like spiral downwards into this lower vibration and and you just and then I lose control over my mind and then more bad thoughts come piling on top and then it gets worse and worse and worse and you spiral down. I'm sure some of you have experienced this horrible sort of um depressive state of anxiety and I'm sure a few of you experience it about money just like me I'm always being pretty bad with money um, and I've always felt shame around that too uh, which then leaves me on a on a like I say a low frequency a low vibration where I'm then making bad decisions again usually like running away from my problems um, yeah shame comes in and hits you right where it hurts when you're feeling feeling like you should have done better you know Shame around not being sensible and or not saving more money than I should have done or making bad financial decisions and buying gear when I should have been just keep not trying to scale up so quickly. Um, yeah, bad choices that I made when my emotions were actually running the show back, well, back before my motorcycle accident, really, when... Um, I thought I knew exactly what was cutting and I was making great decisions but I look back and some of the things that I um that I did out of fear really I was thinking I was sat I was like no this is I'm nervous because it matters you know that's such an athlete thing to say it's like are you nervous yeah good because it matters you should be nervous no that's my body screaming at me to be like actually you shouldn't be making this decision you're an idiot, you're working with your emotions, not you're an idiot, that's not a very nice thing to say to yourself, you've got to give yourself a bit more love than that, especially when I think now how much of my mind I was using, um, well my mind was using me rather, to maintain um, that kind of shameful state, um, but sort of how how do you regulate it? Um, like, I guess, like, I don't know how you regulate shame exactly, just other than being aware of, being aware of it to begin with, um, and then kind of sussing out where it might have been given to you, um, and that, and then forgiving that area too, and then just saying, look, this isn't me, these are thoughts, this isn't me, you know, um, but, why have I, why have I sort of become interested in this whole shame thing? Is because with my therapist, we've been going through trying to figure out what is it that limits me, you know, in my life, and what what's holding me back, and what what brings me into a lower frequency, um, which then 
stops me from making good decisions or stops me from doing anything, really. And shame is definitely um, one of the main things. Now, shame, oh, it's, according to experts, <laughs> it's, um, and I, I can vouch for this too, it's one of the most horrible feelings that you can actually experience. Um, it's like a feeling of not being good enough, like um, you're worthless, or that you're a bad person, feeling it feels really intense in your body it's very physiologically shocking um and is the thing that is mostly putting me into a state of panic in my body when i spiral down you get sucked into that vortex you know when you just yeah it's a horrible feeling um and shame and guilt are actually two different things so it, feeling guilty for something is like, oh shit, I feel guilty because I, I know I shouldn't have done that. Um, um, it's kind of like regretting what you've done, which is definitely something that's not a nice feeling. Um, nobody wants to feel guilt. Um, but then once you, if you're feeling guilty, um, about something specific that you've done, you usually want to make a change or make up for it, in a sense. So that's that's guilt, um, and that's. But I yeah, uh, I tend to bypass guilt completely and head directly to shame. Um, guilt is doing something bad, and shame is the feeling that you are bad. You know, so doing something bad is like oh, I feel guilty for that thing I did, and shame is like I'm just a bad person. Like that's because of me. Um, but shame is here for a reason. Um, we wouldn't want to get rid of shame, you know, out of our lives, even if we could. We don't have a choice. We can't get rid of shame. It's not going anywhere. We're not born with shame. Um, we learn it um, when we're young, when we're a child. Um, but shame, it teaches us as children um, the basics, I think, um, of like how to get by in society. Uh, like telling, like if you get, if you tell off a child um, for doing something embarrassing, like if I, when I was a kid, when I'm like a little kid, imagine me running around, I was probably a nightmare. Um, ask me mum, she'll definitely tell you I was a nightmare, but um, imagine I'm running around as a kid, I don't know what's what, and I just pick up like some poo, like dog poo. Imagine we're in a park and I just pick up dog poo. Straight away, mum will come over, shame me for that, because obviously, as a good parent, mum wants to teach me that it ain't okay to just go around picking up dog poo. Um, not cool. So that's useful shaming, you know. Um, that's, um, yeah, you definitely don't want your kid, like, running around doing certain things in public, because when they grow up, they need to learn that, you have to, it's it's easier for you to survive. In fact, it's imperative for your survival to have social skills. So it's okay to shame your child for things. Like, that's how how we feel. Like, we definitely need to remember that picking up dog poo is not cool when we get older or ever. <laughs> um, 
so yeah it's kind of important for living in groups you know so shame is like it's important um people who feel shame um or embarrassed are usually more liked in social situations as well you know when someone's like got no shame and they're just they don't care people don't tend to like them quite so much but if you get embarrassed about stuff and you're like um feel shamed about this that and the other and people see that it's they have more empathy for you and you're generally more liked in in society for example if you break the law imagine you like imagine if you i don't know what kind of example i'd use for breaking the law but <laughs> imagine you accidentally ran someone over with your car um they're not dead by the way they just got a little bruise on their shins because it was only in a car park and you weren't going very fast anyway um you didn't even see them and for some reason the beepers didn't go off when you were reversing anyway you ran over a granny in a car park it's against the law if you show shame and remorse for running over the granny in the car park you're gonna get a lighter um sentence so whereas if you sit there going well the beepers didn't go off and she shouldn't have been there anyway and what was she doing in a car park at 3am when i was just trying to do donuts with my mates then you're going to get a big old <laughs> you're going to get a big sentence so you got to learn shame in order to get by you know um yeah it's a very it's a human feeling it's something that we all need to feel it's part of being a human um the part of the wonderful experience of being a human I might add um, and if you don't feel shame I'm pretty sure or you're not capable of feeling shame I'm pretty sure that's called a psychopath so nobody wants to be that guy <laughs> um, so yeah shame is not all bad so not enough shame or no shame is actually a problem um but you can, of course, have too much shame. Falling into the pit of shame can bring your frequency right down. Um, bring in a physiological response of feeling terrible. But when um, when shame becomes a trait, it then it becomes embedded in your personality. That's like there's a narrative going on in your head conscious or unconscious sometimes we're aware of it most of the time we're not i certainly haven't been aware of it for my whole life until recently um so it can be an unconscious narrative of shame and yeah uh it tells me that sometimes i, I sh like i'm unworthy maybe i'm a broken human i'm not good enough or um yeah i can show up in all sorts of different ways and for me um I can be a right perfectionist sometimes. I think that's true of artists generally. Um, well, not just artists, anybody really. So when I don't hit like my very high standards, in comes that feeling of shame. Like, oh, I should have done more. Or I should have known about that at least. Like a classic one for me is like, you should have known, bro. Like, what were you thinking? Like, come on. That's that's a horrible voice that goes on in my head. And before I was aware of my thoughts and dissociating from them, I just felt terrible because I was like, you know what? You're right. 
um, I am a terrible person and I should have known better and, and all of these things just compound that feeling um, and then you kind of get stuck in it really and then it can ruin your whole day just by one thing happening that just reminds you of something that didn't even that isn't even happening right now it can put you in a feeling of shame just a memory um, but my personal favorite that um, I now know is actually like self-sabotage kind of yeah goes like this like in my mind I've been noting this down actually when I've been aware it's just the voice goes of course that happened what did you expect why do you always have to learn the hard way another one is don't you want to be big and strong when you grow up like as a kid um that one for me was like always a heavy hitter because i was like Fuck, yes i want to be big and strong of course i want to be big and strong like well you better eat your greens and it's like oh, what else do i have to do to be big and strong like what else should i feel shameful about <laughs> um also another classic that i didn't get this quite so much but i know people do saying where parents say to you like why can't you just be more like your sister or why can't you just be more like your brother or why can't you just be more like your friend who's doing really well in his exams and doesn't get in trouble with the teacher that was me <laughs> like that kind of tone it's more of a tone thing i think like the way you say things can be shameful um but shame can also come from actions like when you have to be shown how to do something so um or when you have to be shown how to do something properly and everybody's waiting for you or like for example when you're a kid and you're like trying to dress yourself and um obviously you don't know how to dress yourself because you're a kid but if you're like shamed for taking too long and everybody's waiting it can be really stressful and then for me every time um every time I'm like trying to get my stuff together because people are waiting for me by the car because we're going somewhere I often end up forgetting stuff because I'm like feeling shame that I'm holding everybody up and I'm disorganized and blah, blah. and it's just a bit of a vicious cycle really um yeah you know, basically the feeling of like oh, fuck I'm stopping everybody from getting on with their day um well basically when you're learning anything new actually if you feel like you're inconveniencing someone because you're learning something new that's shame like there's no there shouldn't be any shame in learning something new it's your first time like um give like give yourself a break often when you feel like you're holding everybody up um well you probably are but like <laughs> if you feel like you're the last person in the group to learn how to do something like you shouldn't feel shame for that and you shouldn't be made to feel shameful by your group either for by people like looking at their watch being like how long is it going to take for this guy to catch on <laughs> it's such a horrible thing just let people learn in their own time and the thing is if you're feeling shame whilst you're trying to learn something new you don't stand a chance at like taking that information on board or progressing at the rate that you should be learning because you're stuck in this horrible emotion where you can't even concentrate so having patience with people and have patience with yourself as well. Coming back to that high um, high expectations and perfectionism and these high standards that I set, I've set myself up for shame because 
I make it so difficult for myself to even achieve at the level that I would be personally happy with. And then I'm like, ugh, didn't even hit the mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, shit. And when you to try not to make people feel like they should have learned this by now, like, come on, like, it's just, yeah, it doesn't help the situation at all. Like, what's wrong with you? Horrible things to say, shaming. Um, and, yeah, as I was kind of doing a bit more research on shame, and trust me, I am no expert. I'm not a psychologist. I've just been doing my research on something that I feel like I need to work on myself. Um but I read this thing that says, I read this quote that says, the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, things, yeah, again, more phrases like, what were you thinking? Or can't believe you just did that are classic ways that we can shame, be shamed as even adults. And the problem is compounded when you're a child because the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice, like I just said. But... Um, a big one for me, as a sensitive little Pisces, was being told not to cry. So, when anyone says, please don't cry, especially um, in a condescending and judgmental tone, like, oh, please don't, please don't start crying again, like, oh, oh, no, 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 oh, please. <laughs> um, and even as I say that, I'm like, I can remember people like asking me not to cry because and shaming me for being emotional when I was a kid. Bless little Ben. Fuck. Um, when anybody says, yeah, please don't cry. It really used to leave me feeling like they had zero understanding, firstly, of why I was even upset in the first place. So immediately, if someone's asking you, like, oh, please, please don't cry, it's like, okay, well, you're not, you don't even know why I'm crying, really. Like, you have no understanding of what's going on in my in my mind, so that made me even more upset. Um, and this lack of empathy, it, it still leaves me feeling alone. It can still leave me feeling alone in my like in a confused, upset state. Um, and then I feel shame that I'm not meant to be this emotional and like. Especially as a man or a boy, let these little boys cry. Like this is the thing. Maybe if we had more um, empathy and um, gave young men who are upset more comfort um, and show them that actually being vulnerable and crying is a human thing, not just a girly thing, then maybe we'd have less fucking psychopaths in the world. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not, maybe we need them, everything for a reason, <gasps> um, yeah, being, being told as a young boy that I'm not supposed to be this emotional was, like, such a horrible thing to, um, try and consider even, so, and then I was like, well, nobody else cries this much, there's, mu there must be something wrong with me, well, I'm just a fucking sensitive dude, Shame, little Ben. <laughs> um, and this is uh, this is not my parents, by the way. This is not me having a jab at my parents or parenting or anything like that. It's um, actually at school. I remember being shamed mostly at school for things. Um, and now, if I'm crying or I'm upset, that same feeling can sometimes wash over me. And if I'm unaware of what's going on in my mind and I'm 
not particularly conscious there's that like, comes back in with like what's wrong what's wrong with me why do I always get so upset um and this is compounded and made way worse if this shit goes down in public um I've got here in my notes <laughs> um embarrassing story about my sister um so I was on holiday once um our family our family was on holiday with another family and um this other family had a son and a daughter um and me and my sister were friends with them and it was a skiing holiday and I remember being in a really like nice restaurant in the evening and I think I must have been like I don't know flipping 12 or 13 maybe 14 years old and I think I was like 13 and we sat around this table and the son of the other family was also a kayaker and he was faster than me and I was like friends with him but he was older than me I thought he was really cool because he was faster than me and like um his name is also Ben and he's also a really cool dude but um I like held him held him in like high regard like I wanted to be friends with him like I didn't want to be like have anything embarrassing happen around him or near him that would think he was that I wasn't cool you know anyway sat there I'm explaining a story to um to everybody and everybody's watching me and I'm talking about kayaking on or something that's and everybody's engaged and I'm happy and everybody's quiet and then my sister who sat next to me just goes Ben um stop stop a second you've got a massive ball of wax in your ear and I looked across at her and I was like how dare you? like I was like could not believe how em- I was so embarrassed I was so embarrassed <laughs> and I was I was so embarrassed that I like ran to the bathroom and cried like being shamed for having a ball of wax by my little sister in front of these people whom I'm trying to get to respect me because they're cool and I want them to like me yeah it was a nightmare so yeah if you're a little sister and you see your brother's got a ball of wax in his ear tell him but not whilst he's telling a story in front of people he's trying to impress the poor bastard um (laughs) so yeah but something I'm working on right now personally for me um, is also setting my expectations so classic me set my expectations high everything has to be world class and this is classic athlete post athlete something I'm having to learn expectation is the thief of joy I've been learning this a lot recently and actually been really sitting in a lot of happiness in situations that previously I would have been really stressed about. Often setting expectations high will help me rise to an occasion, definitely, and it has done in the past for sure. Um, Like I had certain expectations around the race, international races that I went and did, um, which helped me sort of achieve the goals that I was setting out to achieve, you know. Um, and it also like having expectations can help you learn new skills and become proficient at whatever it is that you're attempting to do. You know, you like, 
if you have no expectation at all of being able to achieve anything, then you'll never even get started. So the expectation has to has to be there, but it just has to be managed. And also a lot of things are completely out of our control, you know. And so understanding that will help you laugh in a situation that would once otherwise have made you super angry. Certainly for me, anyway. Um, but yeah, the shaming that goes on in my head um, is very effective at bringing my frequency down because that voice has like that certain tone to it. Like, I think that the tone is kind of everything when you're explaining some something, for example, to a kid who's just picked up dog poo. Um, obviously, the tone is really important. Like, do do not. Oh my god, do not pick up that dog poo. Oh, disgust. Oh, put it put it down. Oh, not in your mouth. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> and like, if I if I hear that tone. It also can trigger shame in me as well, which brings me right back to my inner child um, and make me feel like a kid again and then bring me down. And yeah, it's not a nice feeling. Um, I catch myself slipping into those thoughts sometimes that um, that I'm now aware didn't serve me or don't serve me. Um, those thoughts of shame that um, just aren't helping me in life really like they're holding me back and they're not mine anyway um and so i've started to change or try and change the narrative that goes on in my head um to one of more more like compassion and love and understanding and empathy and forgiveness all of these nice things so i'm just giving myself a whole bunch of love up in my head in my mind and when when you forgive yourself for these things that have happened, that's when the shame disappears and that feeling disappears of unworthiness and that horrible low vibration actually comes up to one of like happiness and love and peace, um, which is generally what happens when you when you sort of observe your thoughts um, as a witness and dissociate yourself from them and say, that's not me. And then when you think about that, you can also think about everybody else is in the same boat because we all have a mind and we all have conditioning to some extent. Um, and then when you see someone in anger, you can actually, you're, all you're seeing is their what Eckhart Tolle in A New Earth likes to call the pain body. You're seeing someone's pain body reacting and feeding off of an angry situation. And you can say, and you think, that's not them. And that's much easier for, to forgive them because a lot of the time, in fact, all of the time, everybody is only doing their best. And if you go around with that sort of attitude, it's so much easier to love people, trust me. Um... I think it became like kind of normal and cool to um, to sort of decide and talk about how I don't like people. Mm -mm, no, I don't like people. Don't get on with people. Oh, it's too peopley in here. Um, and that's kind of something that I adopted when I was younger. So I was like, actually, you lot are really not on the same wavelength as me at all. A lot of the time, and. Um, 
that kind of judgment um that is is not a nice nice feeling and energy to be putting out there and of course i'm just going to receive that back anyway so just understanding that people also aren't their thoughts just the same as you um makes for a much more peaceful existence i've been finding recently it makes it easy super easy to forgive people and just give them love you know um so yeah and also if you don't love yourself fully then you can't love other people fully either that's kind of what that means it's like if you can't even forgive yourself for um feeling bad or for the mistakes that you've made if you can't even forgive yourself how can you begin to really forgive other people oh tea's starting to get a little bit cold now um okay coming back to the perfectionism thing i've been doing a bit of thinking about this and a bit of journaling about it um i think that sometimes perfectionism can be developed from a feeling of like not being good enough um which for me is is a pretty real feeling i'm that guy that says like don't let perfection get in the way of progress um but sometimes I just think, oh fuck, I won't, I won't even bother trying at all unless I can be amazing at it. That's classic me. Like, I, yeah, I just won't even bother starting because I don't have time to be the best at that. So I'm not even going to bother having a go at it once. Um, it's a weird, weird kind of fear of failure. Um, it's really a fear of shame, actually. Like, it's not so much a fear of failure. Fear of failure, yes, but a fear of the shame that you feel when you have let yourself down. Like, I'm not even going to try that because it's just another thing for me to not be the best at. <laughs> it's a weird state of mind, I know. So, despite my achievements in my life, like, um, um, I've been marathon kayaking world champion twice, and I've got a silver medal as well, and I've been to a couple of world championships in my time. Um, a couple of European championships and I got quite close to attending that circus called the Olympics um, you can note the bitter resentment in my voice that I didn't make it to the Olympics we'll talk about that another time <laughs> I don't actually have resentment at all um, not anymore anyway um, but yeah so despite my achievements in my life, I, I actually struggle now to commit to something publicly for fear of public shaming from the inevitable failures that will come from trying something new and developing skills over time. And then I feel shame for not even trying. <laughs> and then I'm like, what's wrong with me? I used to be good at stuff. Like I used to have so much um, energy and not energy, but like I used to be like, give me that. I'll have a go at that. You know, so shame definitely is developed in children, but it, another different types of shame can also be developed in adulthood. So I never used to feel shame for like failing at something. I give everything a go. Um, but now I'm thanks like, well, the issue for me being really like as as being shamed over and over by people in, in the comment sections who um, who are people with their own issues 
and their own mind like pain bodies they're they're just projecting that into the comments um projecting them them at me and people who are actually committed i mean a lot of these people are actually committed completely to misunderstanding me so i um it's easy for me to look back now and just say yes okay i forgive all of you for all of those comments that at the time made me feel terrible and of course i was like yeah fuck the haters no like you can say that all you want but um unless you're in your mind you're actually like strong enough and you know yourself well enough to not take that shit on board which i definitely wasn't i was like pretending that i wasn't taking these comments on board but really i was reading them and just being just getting so angry um because i had very little empathy for other people um who were angry because i couldn't see the anger in myself um but yeah that was a difficult one being shamed publicly like and that's kind of the reason why i didn't really want to make videos after a while as well so, well part of the reason anyway i was just fed up of being shamed for not having enough subscribers or your subscriber count isn't growing or your views are going down you must be doing something wrong all this shaming but i now know that the um the opinions of others have actually nothing to do with me so i'm kind of over that and um, it took a while but it does mean that um i felt this shaming voice creeping in like every time someone pointed out a mistake or how highlighted how i should have done this differently or if i were you i would have made that i wouldn't have made that mistake or if i was you i'd still be doing daily videos putting me down into the shame vortex of low frequency doom but here's the thing um forgiving yourself is the key forgive yourself for the for the, all these so-called like shortcomings or failures and um you and me and everybody we're all doing the best we can at any given moment and knowing this allows me to forgive myself and others for not meeting expectations that are often way too high anyway especially in this uber competitive society that we live in where if you're not at the top of the tree and then like have built a tree house you're failing like what's going on very competitive and it's all to do with this very masculine movement of growth everything must grow 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 and be better better bigger faster stronger the whole time um which is great if you want to build a city and if you want to build an economy that's growing um but at some stage you got to just stop and look after yourself and be kind to yourself otherwise you're not going to be able to even get up in the morning to go to work and and like and contribute to this economy um so yeah balance um and until you're even aware of the shame that you might experience how can you even address it like me it's taken 33 years um and until yeah until you're also aware of your own conditioned mind that's actually sh- you're shaming your mind is shaming you how can you also address that um so forgive yourself everything in good time everything is exactly how it's supposed to be um but my recent awareness has taught me a lot about how my preconceived ideas 
of like what success is and my expectations around how quickly Ben Brown achieves that success and hits that target. These are the things that are actually holding me back, um, interestingly. Since I often miss the mark with my high expectations, I'm often disappointed in the outcome. And then guess what? Shame myself with thoughts like, you've become incapable of doing this anymore. The old Ben would have nailed that, which is a classic shame talk from people who don't like to see me change and evolve. Like that when, yeah, it's that's a deep one. Uh, but this talk literally has been holding me in a cycle of shame recently um, until I became aware of it. Um, and when things are going badly for me, um, yeah, I just, I get stuck in this like, fuck, I, why are they going badly for me? Oh, and it, it, the voice creeps back in, you know. Um, when things are going well, of course, like I feel like I'm invincible, like I'm un untouchable. And that's when I'm like on a high, high frequency and feeling great and everything's going really well for me in my life. And then one or two setbacks and I shame myself for not driving forwards and like, oh, you, uh, you thought you had it all sorted, didn't you? Yo, what a horrible thing to say to myself. Ouch. And then straight back into the cycle. Um, but shame can be conditioned um, even when good things are happening. For example, when you're feeling joy as a child, but your mum and dad just want some peace and quiet, and you're like running around screaming your head off having the time of your life, and someone's shouting at you, stop making so much noise, and you're having a, an amazing time, you're having super loads of fun. Um, or... Oh, a common one is also shamed for feeling pleasure. Um, for example, parents, maybe the like more conservative parents that catch their child masturbating, for example. If you're shamed when you're feeling pleasure, that can lead to, uh, or joy, that can lead to difficult difficulty in your adult sexual situations. Um which yeah so shame can limit your joy and your pleasure and even like um your courage i suppose and your like interest in um exploring yourself and shame really like boxes you in and stops you from um experimenting i guess another common one is having um sexuality shamed that's a big one in the world, I think. Or the way you express yourself, um, be it like joy or anger or fear, of all, all of these expressions um, of emotion um, can be shamed. Not just when you're a child, but also through adulthood too. And if this shaming isn't repaired, so I've been reading about how, of course, shame isn't going anywhere. So it's like, oh, fuck, what do we do then? Well, apparently you can repair shame. Um, so if shaming isn't repaired, we can end up with a limiting, restricting aspect of our personality. Um, so, for example, um, I think homosexuals have been shamed for many, many years. Um, and certainly, like, things are getting way better as we... Um, as we uh, 
evolve our consciousness as human beings to love one another a lot more. Nobody getting like, I don't, it's none of my business actually who's, um, what, what you like to do sexually or who you like to do it with. And this is, but a, this is quite a new age thing. So there's like years of built in shame sometimes around sexuality. Um, and that can really restrict one's personality. Can you imagine? I I mean, I'm straight, but I mean, everybody's on the spectrum to some extent. Um, so I can kind of imagine what, I mean, I can imagine, imagine if being straight was illegal in some countries or has been around the world for years and being shamed for such natural urges, like of your sex as sexuality. It must have, it must be fucking difficult. But yeah, that can really restrict one's personality um, and then leave you with like a basic underlying belief that you are bad. I'd just like to interject at this stage and just remind you guys that I'm not an expert or a psychologist and this is all just stuff that I've learned recently that I've found super useful in understanding why my inner child feels rejected or worthy of love or happiness or these things that I'm aiming for in my life and and these high frequency like good feelings of harmony in my life like why why do I feel unworthy of them sometimes and and this is even on a subconscious level so and once I can better understand the 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 inner child dialogues then I can better understand how they affect my behavior and my environment. So, um, yeah, there's many reasons and causes for shame. And, of course, everybody's journey is super unique. Um, and if, if parents or caregivers don't connect or respond or create secure attachments with, with children, with their children, like this... Um, probably creates the deepest sense of unworthiness um from a from a very young age this can happen like automatically and um you absorb when you're a small child you absorb these things like a sponge and i think uh from what i understand the most it's incredibly important that you create secure attachments with ch like your children if you are a parent now i'm not a parent so probably parents out there are just like yeah you try have like try parenting i'm gonna try parenting hopefully one day um but for now i'm just kind of covering this topic so don't get upset <laughs> um but yeah that's all of us like all of us to some extent have some kind of experience in our childhood that is leaving us with a sense of shame and this feeling of being unlovable can like it can become a narrative that actually drives your existence drives your life we then live out this life of not being deserving of love let me just take a sip of my tea mm. so i i can't speak from experience because i'm not actually a parent like i say but um if unresponsiveness in parents leads to a child feeling unworthy or unlovable surely the global issue of being addicted to our phones could actually be leaving children wanting whilst parents are scrolling like me like if i was a parent now i'd be like 
well, I, I'd like to think that I'd be giving my child more attention than I'd be giving to Instagram. But certainly on occasion, there'd be times when I'd be scrolling, scrolling like I do. Um, and when probably the child wants attention. And if the child isn't getting attention, I'm literally blank facing a screen. That's um, that's going to leave probably a feeling of like that the in the child that it's unlovable. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the more I dig deep into this, the the more I'm kind of learning about um, interpersonal biology or interpersonal neurobiology, which is about when. I think, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, please, in the feedback in your Instagram stories. But interpersonal neurobiology is where the child, where a child will form a loving attachment and be seen by the parent, which then um, makes it feel like it's lovable. Um, and if you don't give that to the child, then it feels unlovable. Um like if you're explaining to someone, I guess, like a story, like one of your favorite stories, and you're all animated, and you've got to excuse the doggos in the background making some noise. So you're explaining a story, all animated and excited about it, and the person is just looking at you completely blank back. That feeling of like, you, oh, you, you're actually, you're not interested at all <laughs> in what I'm saying, and um, it probably can bring back feeling of uh like a feeling of ch childhood shame from when you were doing something that wasn't impressing your parents and they weren't giving you the attention that you're after um or the love that you are after but flip we've been talking about shame for a while now um and i'm pretty done with it although it's been really nice to verbally process it and um, please, if you're a psychologist or an expert, do feel free to give me feedback on what I've been talking about. And please do take everything I say with a pinch of salt and know that I do not have a qualification to be talking about psychology like this. I'm just telling you about my own personal experiences. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be finishing a new earth, most likely in the next few days. And I'll speak about, I'm getting, like, it gets better and better and better as you go through the new, a new earth. Um, I'll be speaking about sort of doing, I guess, like a book review in a sense, probably a really short, concise one. Although that's not what I'm known for, being concise. Um, and if you want to try anything in your like add anything into your routine in your life that um that is like a, has a calming impact on you and your your emotions i highly recommend exploring meditation and journaling and um yeah just getting into breath work a little bit more into breathing which yoga is also really good for being uh being at one with um the moment bring because i think when you're focusing on your breath that's forcing you to kind of be in the moment a little bit more but yeah thank you so much for listening and maybe um let me know what you would like me to talk about on these podcasts also um i'm planning to get some guests in again and 
do a couple of Q&As and I've already spoken to Ella, my partner, about doing another podcast because that was an incredibly um, successful one for both of us. And she's also been doing some amazing podcasts. Um, shout out to Ella. Uh, look for her podcast. It's called Rewilding. It's got like a pink pink logo. Rewilding. It's amazing for men and women. I'm listening to them and I'm learning so much. Um, so go check those out. And yeah, don't forget to listen to the Jumps and Ben um, podcast, the last one, if you haven't already. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast. And um, if there are any tea companies out there that want to sponsor, <laughs> I drink a lot of tea. I'm just saying, like, I could, I could do with saving some money. Um, oh, and merchandise also um, is coming out soon. Apologies for the delays in getting the new merch out. I know a lot of you guys have been asking, when's it coming? Have I missed it? Because usually my merch sells out in like 48 hours. I'm also going to be bringing back the... Um, time versus intensity for a limited run um, but the new merch is coming out soon we're just sorting the shipping out because there was a whole bunch of nightmares with the last batch we want to get that shit on lock um, but yeah I love you guys unconditionally and I will I will um, yeah I'll see you in the DMs mother truckers um, I love you goodbye <laughs>